Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. scripture for this morning is from Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ took place. When Mary, his mother, was engaged to Joseph before they were married, she became pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man. Because he didn't want to humiliate her, he decided to cut off their engagement quietly. As he was thinking about this, an angel from the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because the child she carries was conceived by the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you will call him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now all of this took place so that what the Lord had spoken through the prophet would be fulfilled. Look, a virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. When Joseph woke up, he did just as the angel from God commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he didn't have sexual relations with her until she gave birth to a son. And Joseph called him Jesus. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you please pray with me? Oh God, as we move closer to the stable, as we move closer to the manger, help us to look at this story with fresh eyes. Help us to look at this story as a way that we can draw closer to you and draw closer to each other. So, Lord, we ask that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. You know, I made that video about three weeks ago. I was thinking of a way to introduce our sermon each Sunday with O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, and I was looking for pictures of, of the manger scene. And, and I love the pictures that, that I found because it gives us that nice picturesque feeling of Christmas, doesn't it? 
Nice, easy, simple picture of Mary and Joseph with the Christ child. Maybe the shepherds visiting, maybe the wise men visiting. But all of the pictures together, it gives you this nice sense of, ah, that Christmas really wasn't that harsh of a deal. You know, even if we look at the hymns that we sing or the carols that we sing at Christmas time, silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. Round young virgin, mother and child, holy infant, so tender and mild, sleep in heavenly peace. Then there's a way in a manger where we even have a verse in there or a line in there that talks about the little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, whenever I hear that, that, that Christmas carol, I kind of laugh. So that everybody knows that babies cry. I don't care who you are. Something's going to go wrong and a baby is going to cry. But we like to take the Christmas story and place it in this, this holy view. But Matthew has a different telling of the Christmas story. Matthew gives us a different picture. Matthew gives us chaos. Matthew gives us a sense of caution. Matthew gives us a picture of the nativity story like it was taken out of TMZ. Something that, if it were to happen here and now, we may be in shock or in wonder. So while last week we talked about the importance of preparing, preparing the way, preparing our hearts, preparing our minds, and preparing the space around us, Today we're going to look at the real nature of the nativity story, the messiness of it. I'll admit, there was a part of me who wanted to cut out the very last line of our scripture. I don't know if I want to say that in church. But I did anyway because it's a part of the story. And we can't edit out what the scripture tells us. So we have Joseph. Joseph is an upstanding gentleman in the community. We know this because of the title that Scripture gives us of Joseph. Joseph is a son of David, meaning that he is from the line of King David. So he was looked highly upon in his community. And can you imagine the shock that he had when he found out that his young bride-to-be was to give birth. Well, he knew that he had nothing to do with that. So he was being the good, upstanding man he was. He wanted to take care of Mary, but just kind of hide her and just put her away. But then God intervenes as God often does whenever we start making up our own plans and we try to do things our own way. 
He sends the angel Gabriel and he gives Joseph these words. Do not be afraid. Fear not. These are words that appear in scripture a lot. You know, the, it, it, it's debated around how many times we hear the words fear not. Some, some people say that there are actually 365 times that the words fear not appear in Scripture. So if you were to read a book that had them all in here, you would have each day a Scripture saying fear not. But if you actually do digging into the Scriptures, it's not that many times. It's about 172 times. Most noticeably, here in the Advent story, and the Christmas story, we have three times that an angel comes and intervenes and tells the characters to fear not. Right here with Joseph, when the angel comes and says, fear not, because this child is the Christ child. In Luke, we have two times. First time when the angel comes to Mary, and while she's scared and frightened, and tells her to fear not. And then later after the Christ child was born, we have the angels coming to the shepherds in the middle of the field telling them to fear not. The world wants us to fear. The world wants us to be worried about what is going on around us. The world is full of fear, isn't it? If you think about your life right now, what is it that is causing you fear? Is it your job? Is it finances? Is it medical test? Is it politics? Is it just the feeling of not being in control or, or not having security? See, the word that the angel has for Joseph is the word that the angel has for us as we march towards the empty manger. To fear not, because God is with us. So that's how the angel turns it around, doesn't it? And the angel turns it around and says, you know, you don't have to fear because this baby that is going to be born is Emmanuel, which means that it is Christ with us. See, it's all about presence, being totally present to what is going on around us here and now because God is always present. Continuing through the Gospel of Matthew, we see that Jesus is present in the lives of those that his ministry is touching. We see that Jesus is present in his parables as he teaches, that even as you do this to the least of these, you do it unto me. And finally, in Matthew 28, we hear the, the great commission that we love to take. And we say, well, this is what the church should be doing. We should be teaching. We should be baptizing. We should be going throughout all of the nations talking about Jesus Christ. But I think the most important reminder of that scripture is when Jesus looks at his disciples and he says, Lo, I am with you 
even to the end of the age. See, the story of the Advent story, the story of Christmas, isn't about just a baby. The story is about a God who, who loves us and cares for us so much that he sends his son to experience life as we experience life, to be a part of what is going on here on earth, to allow his healing and wholeness to move through our community, through our lives, through our own suffering, to allow the presence of God to be real to us. One of the traditions that I got acquainted with whenever I moved to uh, Rowlett and was associate pastor there doing the new church start was a tradition of a blue Christmas service. And I know that we have one here. Uh, pastor Dan will be doing that on the 18th at 4 o'clock. But see, it gives us an opportunity to, to understand that, that life is hard. Life is Difficult at times when we lose loved ones, when we lose our jobs, when we lose something that is important to us. It makes this time of joy and merriment hard. It makes this time where we're supposed to put on a smiley face and we're supposed to greet everybody with a happy holidays, Merry Christmas. Isn't life wonderful? But inside it's not that wonderful. This season is a reminder that even though we may have difficulties, God is there. God loves us and cares for us. We have a reminder every first Sunday of the month when we come to the table, when we partake of the bread and of the cup, we remember that God is here strengthening us and providing for us allowing us to be his hands and feet to the world, but most importantly, allowing what God is doing in our lives to be a witness to the world around us. So my hope and my prayer is as we move through this Advent season, we recognize that it's not a joyful time for some people. It may be a difficult, hard time. But when we stand with those that we love, when we stand with those who are having a hard time, when we're putting food items in our reverse Advent box, when we're giving tribute to those who we love who have passed on or those that we are honoring for the crooked house, we are saying that God is with us and God is with you. So as we prepare to receive this holy communion, all who desire a deeper and stronger relationship with Jesus Christ are welcome to come and partake of the bread and of the cup. So let us now take this time 
to confess our sins silently to God. Would you please confess with me? Oh, holy and loving God, we come to you knowing that we're not perfect, knowing that we have messed up, knowing that we have a long ways to go. But God, we confess our sin to you. We open our hearts and our minds to you and ask that you fill us with your forgiveness so that we can hear the good news that while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us, and that proves his love for us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Amen.